Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Sunday Sun, he's two lengths in front as he goes for home. Oscar Bonavina trying to stick with the champ, but Sunday Sun, he's in full flight with 100 metres to go. Two lengths, three lengths, four lengths, and the superstar square gator shines bright at the Southern Lights, he does it again. The champ's home Sunday, Sunday, won it by always five. Oscar Bonavita. Yeah, he's a star, all right, as Chris Barsby's mentioned many times. And just watching his legs, Chris, they're like pistons. That horse, uh, Sunday, Sunday Sun winning easily, as many expected yesterday there in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose we can take it for granted that he's so good because he wins so easily. But the horse he beat up in there is a genuine star in his own right, Oscar Bonavita. But uh, Sunday's son absolutely toyed with him there yesterday. So, yeah, he's a genuine star. And I'm glad you played that. Our first guest is about to join us. And I'm, I'm keen to get his thoughts on this horse. Angus Garrard's with us. And I want to talk to him about his star trotter on Saturday night, Sir Fahrenheit. But I want to get his thoughts firstly on Sunday's son. Angus, good morning. Appreciate the time. Morning, Chris. Sunday Sun, what are your thoughts on this guy? Is he the best trotter in the Southern Hemisphere or do you think there's something out there that can really go with him and test him? Uh, I don't think there's any question about it, Chris. He's um, he's unreal what he's done, you know. He can't do more than what he has. Um, I was just reading earlier this morning, I think someone said Oscar Bonavina ran his last half in 54-8 and, you know, he sort of just dropped him up the straight. So... Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything in this part of the world that could go with him at the moment. Yeah, that, that says it all. 54-8, and he made no impact on Sunday, Sunday, yesterday afternoon. I wanted to talk to you this morning about Sir Fahrenheit. He steps out in the last race on, on Saturday night at Redcliffe. We haven't seen him since the Albion Park Christmas Cup. He was unplaced there. What can we expect on Saturday night? Um, you know, he, he's been good, Chris. His work's been good. Um, he had a bit of a freshen up after that last run. Um, he was probably just a little bit flat, um, looking for a bit of a let up. But um, he came through it well, and his work's been good up to this. So um, we're not going to be able to do anything special on Saturday night. It's just sort of a run under his belt, and um, we'll sort of look forward to bigger things later in the year. Okay. Does the small field help you, the fact that there's only four rivals for you to conquer? Does that play to your advantage? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, you know, it's still not going to be easy. We've got to give them 40 metres around Redcliffe. Um, you know, so if they scoot along, it's sort of going to be hard to get with them. But and in saying that as well, you know, Gale and Green sort of, we're giving him 20 and Doug, we're giving him 10 metres, you know, that Gale and Green trialled in sub two minutes here. Um, I think last week, and Doug's obviously been racing super, so it's certainly not an easy race, but the small field does bring us into it a bit more. The handicaps is a good point that you raise. Doug's been on a tear. He was the horse that beat you last time out. He's since won the uh, the Reckliffe uh, Christmas Cup as well, but there's only 10 metres difference, so um, that, that could play to your advantage as well, and the fact that Doug's a little fresh, he can be at times a little bit up and down, with the with the start with his manners at the start, so that's another thing that might be your advantage as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, our horse has got super manners, and that sort of takes him a long way. You know, he can sort of turn forty meters into twenty if he gets away as good as he can. So um, it certainly puts us into the race. 
Yeah, Garland Green did look good at the trials here last week, rating fast time. Just going back through the stats, um, over 100,000 in the bank for, for Sir Fahrenheit last year. That's a big, big effort. Yeah, it's massive, Chris. You know, um, but uh, not many horses um, do that in 12 months, especially sort of when you think you're racing free-for-all trotters all year long and Saturday nights all year long. Like, he never dropped back to a lower grade or anything like that. You know, he was sort of racing the best we had at the time up here all the time and he just um, kept performing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The other horse I want to ask you about, I'm keen to know if uh, we're going to see him anytime soon, and I'm sure we will. The horse in question is Manila Playboy. That trial last week, was it as easy as it looked? Because he, he looked like he never got out of first gear. Yeah, he was awesome, Chris. Um, he felt really sharp again. You know, his last race run was unbelievable, obviously. And um, we were wrapped in that trial the other day. And Shane said he came through it really well and been bucking around the yard since. So, you know, it's um, certainly positive signs. Is there something coming up for him that uh, that Shane's going to set him for? What What are the plans? Do you know? Um, I'm not. I don't think he's 100% set yet. Um, I think he was sort of looking at a Sydney campaign and tossing that up. Um, but he certainly. I don't think he's got anything set in stone yet. So I think he's in the trial again uh, tomorrow. So um, I'm sure we'll know more after that. Okay, so that trial last week, it was razor sharp. And that last start, winning performance, uh, that sort of backs up what we saw last week, doesn't it? Because he was just a monster in that win last time out over big wheels where he parked outside him and the half was just sensational. Yeah, for sure. You sort of don't see him run home any quicker than that off the fence very often. So to sort of come home in 53-6 and he did it really easily in the end um, sort of shows how good he is when he's right. Yeah, absolutely. Is it Bangkok DJ trialling today? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Any sort of plans with him? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I'd say we'll just see how he trials today and then sort of make a few more decisions after that. Okay, excellent. I really appreciate the time today. Uh, we'll see you in action at Albion Park today and tomorrow and obviously on on uh, Saturday night at Redcliffe. Looking forward to seeing Sir Fahrenheit step out again. I really appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Angus Garrard joining us. We've got the Shepparton Cup. Steve coming through on Saturday night, and it's going to be a very intriguing mm. race. Lock and Varad's back in action, and uh, it's going to be a, a very interesting race. So what's I'm your feel? Will he drift or shorten, Chris? Well, I think he's entitled to drift. Jared Daffy will join us tomorrow, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's got to say about the market. But there's got to be a little drift, surely. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this man that's about to join us now, he, he set to play a role in this race tomorrow night, or on Saturday night, I should say. Andy Gap, he's got Tango Tara, drawn barrier one, and Tango Tara beat Lock and Varane in a recent trial. So I'll be I'll be keen to get the thoughts of Andy just on, on how this race could potentially play out. He joins us now. Andy, appreciate the time. Not a problem, Chris. Can you play the villain there on Saturday night? Uh, it'd be like... Uh, like killing Bambi in many ways if Lock and Varad goes under, but uh, Tango Tara's perfectly poised there in gate one. So can you play that villain's role? Well, we'd like to think so. Uh, again, we know what a great horse Lock and Varad is. And 
it's great to have him back racing. But um, again, once it's out there on the racetrack, we're all doing our best. And uh, Tango Tara's been performing quite well since he's arrived from New Zealand. Admittedly, most of them from really bad draws. So, um, yeah, fortunate enough, I've got a good draw this week. So hopefully we, um, he's good enough to use it. Do you expect a lead? Well, we're hoping to lead. Uh, we don't 100% sure of his gates because he's never really been drawn to to lead before. So, um, you know, he's a high-speed horse, so you expect that he'll get out pretty good. So, um, you know, Kate will be coming out as quick as she can, and if he's quick enough to hold up, he'll be holding up. Okay. Uh, now, Lorcan of our art, uh, the fact that he is first up in basically 12 months, uh, and, he, and he goes straight into this off two pretty low-key trials, um, it's going to be a tall order, isn't it? Yeah, and again, I don't think... Um, David Moran would be looking to kill him first up as well. Um, you know, he's had a nice progression from trial to trial. So this is another step forward to get him back, back on track to where he, you know, generally at. So, um, again, he's a great horse. We know how good he is. He's still the one to beat. But, yeah, just on the barrier draw, I don't think he'd be overdriven. He'd be given an opportunity probably just to settle down and relax early. And he'll probably have minus a him in the races. The tempo's not quick enough, but... Yeah, you know, we've probably got him at a vulnerable state at this stage and hopefully we can get the job done. Tell us about that trial recently at Melton. There was only the two of you. It was just Tango Tara and Lorca Navarra. Did you feel that you held Lorca Navarra? Yeah, well, Kate did. Um, you know, we sort of ran along. We sort of discussed with David before the trial what it, uh, he, he wanted to sort of happy to run and we were needed to hit out too because we had a race for six weeks heading to the Bendigo Cup, so... We sort of tried to agree to it on a time that would suit both of us. So we're both out there trying to help each other's horses going forward. And, yeah, I think at the top of the straight, Kate sort of thought that Artie probably had Tango cold. And, yeah, sort of on the line, I think Tango was pretty strong. And, you know, Lockenborough was probably just feeling the pinch a little bit. So, um, again, you know, you know, he, you know, 12 months off the scene is a long time for that type of horse. But with the two trials under his belt, he's only going to be fitter and the extra workload that they would be giving him. Okay. Now, going forward with your guy, Tango Tara, uh, he, he raced last week at the Bendigo Cup, third behind Spirit of St. Louis. Were you happy with that run? Do you plan on looking at the Ballarat Cup as well? Yeah, obviously, um, we'll see what happens at Shepparton. Um, You know, he's probably a horse that's probably on the fringe a little bit to get a run in the Hunter Cup. But again, the Ballarat Cup's worth 110000 so you, you know, it's just down the road from where I live, so you, you're probably stupid not to go in it. So, um yeah, our plans to sort of race in it. Obviously, we'll get through Shepparton first. He's had a couple of little niggling injuries, which sort of, you know, we have to scratch him from the Cranbourne Cup, but we seem to be on top of him now, and he performed really well at Bendigo, hit the line really strong, admittedly off a soft trip, but, you know, he was probably wasn't entitled to make up the ground he did in such a fast last quarter. So he's come through that run really good. Uh, again, he, he's a quality horse, uh, still on the way up, I, I think. I think he's still got a little bit more improvement in him, so... um. Hopefully, he can knock one of these big races off going forward. Okay, well, that's Tango Tara. In the following race there on Saturday night, one of your star trotters steps out, Majestuoso. He's drawn the inside of the second row, but it is a, a mobile, so uh, Kate's got plenty of uh, room to work with, I suppose, if she wants. Uh, he trialled on Monday night. What can we expect here Saturday night? Yeah, he's a horse that generally uh, performs really well fresh. Um, I wasn't that keen on trialling him, and I didn't realise that last start when he ran fourth, he didn't get beat by far, but he did have atrial fibrillation after the run. So um, we gave him a couple of weeks off, and I didn't realise he was still down a trial, hence why we had to go to Bendigo Monday night. He trialled against the paces. Um, 
Kate did knock him around, but saying that, I still think he ran his last mile, 156 and a half or something, which is, um, you know, you shouldn't take for granted that a trotter can run that. So, you know, he, he's spot on. It won't be fitness or anything that gets him beat. He, you know, he, he's ready to rock and roll. So a little bit awkward draw. Not a lot of depth in the race. Obviously, Powder Key's done really well and it's drawn well, but it's a race that we expect him to perform really well in and be disappointing if he's not finding out the finish. Okay. The Great Southern Star, is that his big target? Yeah, no, definitely. He probably um he'll have this run and then he'll think he'll I think the Dunlite Cup's the week before, so he'll probably go on that as he's lead up run into the Great Southern Star and Tornado Valley he won't race until the Great Southern Star heats now, so he's sorta of, after Benigo, he, you know, he's been older now, we find that if we keep him fresh and just space his runs uh, it seems to benefit him. So they're probably the two obviously targeted at the moment for it. Obviously we've got have horse will travel who's racing well at the moment and I uh, got a nice mess and over from New Zealand, a horse called Vacation Hill, who's sort of ready to go, and she might be good enough as well. But we'll see how she performs at Ballarat next week. Okay, I'll get to Vacation Hill in just a moment. But just going back to Tornado Valley last week with Bendigo, the fact that you're able to travel—that's that, a—that's a ticket of approval straight away, isn't it? Yeah, he has gone to Bendigo a few times. Bendigo and Cranbourne, they're both about an hour and a half from my place, but that's about as far as he goes. He sort of. Gets off the float and he's in a lather of sweat. But as soon as you put him in the store, um, you know he, he just goes to sleep. He just yeah, he just sort of relaxes. And but yeah, again, it's um, oh, I hate driving him anywhere further than Melton. But yeah, but you sort of have to go there. But yeah, we're, we're more than happy with the run. He went twenty-seven five at the gate. We know he's not as good as he was. He's a ten-year-old, but he's still out there performing at a quite a high level. And you're gonna have a really good horse to run past him if you get past him. And the two horses that run past him are both quality quality horses. So um. Yeah, so we'll keep going until we think he's, you know, not at the level that we're happy with. But he's in really good order. He's put up really well and he enjoys being out there. So um, we'll keep racing him until the time comes that, you know, he's not competitive anymore. I know you're realistic and I'm really keen to ask this question. But with Tornado Valley, do you think he will be crowned the, the 2021 Australian Trotter of the Year? Yeah, I actually think he will be, yeah. You don't think Plymouth Chubb's got claims? Well, he probably has. Again, generally, um, they look to age racing more than juvenile racing. But saying that, you know, do you, like, I think like Fukaracha, um won about five group ones in one season, and I thought she'd get the horse at the East Train horse year, and they gave to a juvenile and one by La Fifa. So, who knows? But, you know, Plymouth Chubb's done an amazing job and, you know, disappointing for connections and Peter that he's got an injury at the moment. But I think he won four group ones, which is... You know, it's pretty amazing, you know, to do in your first season of racing. Okay. You mentioned Vacation Hill just a moment ago. Uh, is that the target, the Great Southern Star? Yeah, we'll see. There's um, there's two races she's eligible for at Ballarat next week. We'll probably race, race her in the lesser one. I think it's a 70 to 85 race, so she's eligible for that one. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how she measures up and performs. Um, you know, she's travelled over really well. Um, she's been a really good mare in New Zealand and performed at a high level. She's had a victory over Sunday Sun in a mobile race, so um you know, you don't fluke doing that. So um yeah, we expect that she's gonna be good enough for it, but you know, we'll just you know assess her after her first run next week. Okay. Sunday Sun, is he without doubt the number one trotter in this part of the world? Yeah, there's no doubt whatsoever. Okay. Okay. There's two paces in your care that I'm keen to ask about. The first one is catch away. This juvenile sensation is he back in work or is he still spelling? No, he's still spelling. Uh, he's coming back early next week. 
Uh, I think Tuesday, I think the track's going to drop him off. So looking forward to getting back. And yeah, no, he's sort of, um, you know, hopefully um, he's grown a brain since he's been out. But how good is he, Andy? Because like he's only been beaten once. That was behind. He's a son of a gun. He's franked that form by winning that Group One victory. So the, the world's at his feet, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Again, some of his runs have just been unbelievable, and his last run, the Breeders' Crown, um, you know, to win any Group One Group One race is hard, but to win it by twenty odd metres like he did, running away from him, you, you've got to be extra special. And you know, just his work, his work with the lights of Tango Tara and that before he actually stepped out on the racetrack. So we, we always knew how good he was. He's always had a big motor, um, you know. But he's got a few quirks, as we know. But I think in time they'll sort of. You know, we'll get around them, but, you know, for sheer ability and speed, he, you know, he, he's got it all and he recovers so well from everything. So uh, hopefully from this uh, good break, he can sort of come back and have a great three-year-old career. What's the one race you want to win with him as a three-year-old? Uh, I love to win the Vic Derby with him. Again, you know, I think derbies are they're pretty hard to win. I've been fortunate on a few sort of over my time, but, yeah, it's always the most special race to win in my mind. Okay, well, that's catch away. The other one that I wanted to ask about, Will Stride. What's the update with him? Yeah, after his um, run at Maribyrnong Maribyrnong Cup, he was a little bit disappointing, and um, you know, Millie and I decided to get a bone scan done on him, and you know, he, he had quite a few issues uh, in quite a few a uh, few different limbs and that. So, um, so he went back to Emilio's property in New South Wales, and he's been spelling there. Um, he needed some time off just for everything to settle down on that. So other than that, I'm not sure when he's due back or whether he'll come back in my care. Um, you know, it's totally up to Emilio. But again, he, you know, he needed some downtime just to get over all these sort of, nothing major, but a lot of niggling little injuries. So um, again, I think, um, you know, nature's a great healer. So obviously, um, you know, I'm sure he's still got plenty to offer as a horse, whether I'm training him or someone else is training him. Um, I'm sure he can bounce back and still be have a great future going forward. Okay, we'll wait and see there. Andy, really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck on Saturday night with those two runners, Tango Tara and Majestuosjo, and good luck over the coming weeks as well. It's a big time down there with so many features coming up, and I'm sure you're going to play a major role in all of them. So appreciate the time today. Good luck going forward. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris. Andy Gaff, champion trainer, joining us from Victoria. We go straight into Brittany Graham from Sky Racing, and I'm sure she would have been tuned in there listening to Andy Gath. Uh, Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Some uh, some key moments coming up for Andy over the next couple of weeks. He's got some big races with some big trotters. Absolutely. No, the team is flying at the moment. Kate's had some amazing seasons in the salty, and no doubt that's off the back of the fact that herself and Andy have some really great stock around them. We know that there's a few particular Victorian stables that just have stables full of really classy horses and, and the gas team is no different. They're trotters. Well, we know that they're um, pretty well unparalleled when it comes to the job that they do with their square gaiters and when it comes to paces as well, they've got some real firepower there also. So they're doing big things at the moment. It was, was interesting that the catch a wave comment there, it would be assumed that if he's not back in work now, he won't be heading to the New South Wales derby. So it will be interesting to see where he bobs up next. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, with the New South Wales features just around the corner, there's a few that are going there, but there's a few that's not. He's one, catch a wave, not. 
ladies in red, news coming through that they're not going to target the ladyship mile or, or the chariots of fire. So she's having an extended break. So that's really interesting. So this could be interesting, this carnival moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, as well, the fact that there's probably not going to be much of a Kiwi contingent either. So we know that the change in season and a lot of the change when it comes to the calendar is still probably finding its way. Whereas when the old season was in play, after the Breeders' Crown in August, there was a good few months where juveniles could have their break before they got back up for a Victoria Derby or Oaks tilt straight into New South Wales. Well, now that the Vic Bread and the Breeders' Crown have been moved back, I think it sort of has to be one or the other now. Uh, they probably can't target towards the New South Wales Carnival and still be up for the Vic Bread. So uh, we know that the Victorian Derby's moved back in the season as well. It, it's just going to be interesting to see how trainers play that. Okay. Now, Lockenvar up. Steve's been asking all week. A dollar ninety currently with Tab. Do you expect him to be even shorter come jump time, or will there be a little drift with him first up on Saturday night? I think there'll probably be a little bit of a drift on him. I just quickly glanced about two minutes ago, Chris, and I think you can get two dollars now. So, even money now available for Lockenvar Art. I'm still very much in his corner. Champions and great horses, they just find a, a way to win. And the fact that it's a hometown cup as well for David Brand, I'm really of the assumption that despite the fact that he's had two easy trials, I think that he'll benefit greatly for them. And David will want to make sure that he's as close to spot on as he can be, particularly with the Hunter Cup only three weeks away or so. You know, it's, it's not a case if he can progressively work into a campaign. His main target is not too far away. So I still think that he'll win. And I spoke to David Moran yesterday, and he also thinks that there's probably going to be a fair bit of speed early on for horses jostling for a position maybe on his back when he does have to make a move. Also like Spirit of St. Louis, we know that Tango Tara is going to try and hold a forward position. And there's a few others there in the ruck also that'll want to be getting forward. So he might just be able to stay out of any early burn. Once his speed comes out of the race, he can make a move. But it was interesting. The Hunter Cup is the obvious target. And, it, and he's a race-by-race proposition this early in his campaign as well after coming back from injury. But then through to the Miracle Mile, and he's quite keen if things all play out to head to New Zealand for the new slot race as well. So hopefully then he makes his way up to Queensland, but they're the early season targets for Lock and Varad at this stage. Well, I'm glad you've uh, outlined uh, the interview yesterday that you conducted with him. So did you did you throw out a few lines about Queensland? Well, I, I didn't because I didn't want to push him too hard once he gave us some <laughs> insight when it came to what's upcoming. But he did such a remarkable job when he made his way up as a three-year-old when he chased home self-assured in those derbies. And I know that last year, uh, David was pretty keen to get him back up as well. For the last few years, things just haven't quite worked out. But uh, I think he'll... I, well, it's the obvious target for horses in the middle part of the season, isn't it, when there's not a great deal around for those open-class paces. And I heard you yesterday saying there might be some prize money increases. So that wouldn't go astray either to luring a few up. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, there's some big news developing here in Queensland and it revolves around Egmont Park studs. So this is going to be interesting to see how, how this plays out. But I'm led to believe that um, they're going to drastically reduce numbers up there. I'm hearing that Kevin and Kay Seymour are going to be looking at staging a, a broodmare dispersal sale uh, some point this year and numbers on the farm could be drastically, uh, drastically reduced. So much so that it 
could basically become just a uh, a private stud for Kevin and Kay. So if that is true and correct, the, the reigning Queensland Mayor of the Year is is basically going to be uh, out of a home there in, in Washington, uh, Washington last. So this will be interesting to see how far this develops. But uh, I am led to believe that uh, numbers are going to be drastically uh, drastically reduced and even stallions like Mr Feelgood and, and uh, a hooker punter could be looking for a new home going forward. Yeah, I've heard along the same lines, Chris, and I believe that the clients have been told of what's going to transpire. I know um, a few of our clients have expressed, you know, interest in where they can move their broodmares to because it's going to turn into a private operation and probably not on the scale that Kevin and Kay have had in the past. We know they probably had a clearance sale maybe I don't know, maybe five or six or seven years ago, but they've had so many good mares that have subsequently gone to studs. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do decide to do. And when it comes to the obvious places you can think of uh, to move horses to, I know that Burwood Stud is really chock-a-block now. I think they have close to 400 horses on their books at Burwood, so I'm not sure how much more room they have to fit in more client horses. So we know that the Q-bred scheme is luring a lot more mares to the state. I think there's a, a real opportunity for a top-class stallion as well to stand in Queensland. So Colt 31. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Colt 31 <laughs> maybe. But it'll be interesting to see where all these horses get to because they're such an integral part of our breeding industry and it's going in the right direction. We don't want there to be nowhere for people to send their horses to. Yeah, that's a, that's a very valid point. So uh, we'll watch this space with interest. Your best bet for the weekend, Brittany, what are we looking at? I think we'll strike early on, on Saturday night at Redcliffe, of course. Race one, number one, Hoka Chopper. Liked his run last time out. He's racing in good form. He's got the eight gate. He's one for one at Redcliffe. I don't see there to be a great deal of pressure throughout the event either. So race one, number one, a Hoka Chopper, my good thing this weekend. Okay, we won't forget that. Race one, number one, plain and simple. Uh, Brittany, we appreciate the time this morning. Looking forward to the chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. Here's Brittany Graham from Sky Racing joining us. So uh, race one, number one, the best bet for Brittany on Saturday night at Reckless. So we won't forget that easily. Maddie Young is about to join us online. We've got another big program coming through at Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Ten races. The feature is race five. That's the group two Knights of Thunder final. But race four, the Ray Duffy Memorial is also going to uh, attract plenty of interest as well. Maddie's online with us. Maddie, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Uh, what can we expect, first of all, with the Knights of Thunder final? I watched uh, the heats last week. Ideal agent, off the heats, can he be beaten? Because he was huge last week. No, I don't think he can be beaten. Uh, he won from the breeze in 151 and to nine, and uh, he was absolutely outstanding. That's just uh, just outside of Chicago Bulls track record of 151.6, and... Uh, he was able to do that from the breeze. So, look, he's win the week before. He went 153.5 over 2,100 metres. He's beaten Regatto Mac times two. And uh, he's got the draw here. Double up is a horse that is more known for his speed. So, well, I think yeah, they'll be taking the trail there. Ideal Asian should just stroll to the top and it should just be curtains for rivals. OK, so where does that leave Regatto Mac? Um, is he starting to test the patience of punters over there a little bit? I think he's just bumped into a really good horse that uh, in 12 months' time we could be talking about uh, Ideal Agent in free-for-all ranks pretty highly because he looks to be the perfect horse at the moment, uh, Ideal Agent. He's uh, got gate speed. He can do the work, as we just saw. 
And he's a horse that when he gets to the rail, he can run some unbelievable times and they're very scary. So uh, he should run a very good race on Friday night and from there uh, push forward towards free-for-all company. Okay, speaking of testing the patient, Chicago Bull lines up in that free-for-all race four tomorrow night. Three runs back, unplaced in all three. Where's he at, Matt? Look, he's found it pretty tough. The races haven't really been run to suit him. Two starts ago, he over-raced. First up, fifth. Uh, he was held up for a clear run on last starts. As soon as he pulled three wide, they just turned it on at the front end. But at the same time, they were turning it on the whole way. They broke the track record last week. Look, uh, I think we've spoken about it before. He's a horse who's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. And uh, things do get a little bit harder for horses like that. They lose a little bit of their brilliance. And uh, what we saw from Chicago Bull 12 months ago where he was leading and just dominating. We're not seeing as much now. So he's definitely come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, spoke with Gary Hall Sr. last Friday after the uh, races, and he was a little bit disappointed. Junior, not so much. And I guess you've just got to work out how you would think visually. I thought he was a little bit disappointing, uh, just a so-so run. So that's where I can understand the feelings coming from Gary Hall Sr., but Gary Hall Jr. driving the horse said he was really happy with how the horse ran through the line and doesn't think he's far off. So that's where you've got to weigh up. Do you listen to the trainer or the driver? Junior's feeling the horse, so uh, you've got to give Junior the benefit of the doubt at this stage. Okay. Who wins this race tomorrow night, the free-for-all? Very good question. Uh, it's, once again, a very hard race. Uh, I think... Wild West will be trying to push hard to get to the top. Motu Premier want to be sitting on the best possible chance. So if Wild West was able to lead, he'd go pretty close. But I think Hampton Banner's got the speed to burn off Wild West. And then it's just a matter of who gets to Hampton Banner first. He's likely to take cover. Uh, does Wild West be able to hold Rock and Roll Lincoln and Galactic Star? Does Rock and Roll Lincoln just be driven a little bit more conservatively again? It is a very intriguing race. I've... Wild West is a horse. I, I don't like tipping horses that pretty much can't run a place if they don't lead. So that's why I sort of shy away from him a bit more. So I like Rock and Roll Lincoln. I thought uh, he ran the gross time last start and he powered through the line really well. It was only a slow last quarter, but I think he's on the right track. Small field suits. He's got blistering pace when he's right. And I think third up from a spell, we could see the real Rock and Roll Lincoln uh, tomorrow night. So I'm quite happy to tip him on an each-way basis. Okay, so that's race four, number five, Rock and Roll Lincoln. What is your best bet tomorrow night? I stayed up until the very end last uh, last <laughs> week. The horse is scratched, but uh, what are we tipping tomorrow night? Can't complain, got the money back. That's the main thing. Uh, <laughs> race number two, number three, Medieval Man. Look, there you go. He's got the speed to lead early and then likes to take cover on horses that have got a bit of depth and Medieval Man's got the depth. He was very good last start. He did a lot of work in a quick lead time and battled on really strongly and uh, finished in third placing. So I expect him to roll to the top and he should just be winning. So race two, number three, Medieval Man's my best on the card. Okay, so race two, number three, the best bet for Matt tomorrow night. Before I let you go, two quick ones. I've made some notes for you just out of the trials over the last uh, week or so. Can you give me an update on Wonderful to Fly and Franco Ecuador? Franco Ecuador won a trial in a pretty good time. He's a very good horse, and he was just able to do so really nicely. And wonderful to fly. She was just uh, not really knocked around in her trial. The horse that won the trial was uh, Sovrana, who came out and won at a race at Bunbury on Tuesday night. She fronts up tomorrow night at Gloucester Park in the final event. It's over the mile, and it looks very tough from the draw. Uh, so knowing Shane, 
being in the family. He's not going to knock her around too much, I think, over the mile. He's not going to barbecue her. She's got a big preparation ahead. So that's uh, how I saw it. I thought her trial was good, but Shane's a person that is very patient. He likes to take his time. So she won't be fully screwed down yet. If the races run the suit and she can get a nice track in, we know her speed's good enough to get her home. So uh, she's racing tomorrow night, Franco Ecuador. We look forward to seeing him back at the track. He's a very talented horse and two good horses that are on the horizon to return. Yeah, they are stars. There's no doubt about it. She had a huge season last year. Wonderful to fly. Wonderful to fly. Wonderful to fly. And Franco Ecuador, uh, great to see him on the comeback because he is a, a richly talented horse. As always, Matty, really appreciate the time. We've got the tip. Race two, number three. Enjoy tomorrow night. We'll speak again next week. Cheers, boys. See ya. There's Matty Young joining us. So, uh, busy morning so far this morning, Steve. They're on the track here for the first at Albion Park. Just a couple of other bits of news coming through. Self-assured won a trial yesterday in New Zealand. So, he's hoping he might make his way to Queensland for our carnival. Franco Indy, last start Group 1 winner. He also had a trial yesterday. And don't be shocked, within a couple of weeks, you'll see this horse back at the trials over there for the All-Stars, Spankham. Hasn't been sighted since his uh, Queensland campaign here where everything went wrong for him, but he's he's working along nicely, so he should be back at the trial shortly. A pocket of terror, the Inter-Dominion winner, uh, winning consolation, won the consolation there. He's been sold, so he goes to North America, and Anthony Butt has secured the drive on Mac Da Vinci in Saturday night's Shepparton Cup. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs there, Mac Da Vinci. So... A uh, big weekend coming up. That's the news for today. We'll have plenty more coming up tomorrow.